0: Just the News has a story regarding the very cagey and the nature of the government hiding the ill effects of vaccines. It was several weeks ago, the FDA or CDC, they really downplay their findings about vaccines and people with increased strokes and kids with seizures and, and their message always is, well, I mean. There's no actual proof. We just they, the studies are for recreational purposes, evidently, and they will say there's no proof that there's a direct link between the increased number of strokes in people over the age of 55 or 65 in the vaccine. Um, there's no proof that it's the vaccine that is causing uh, the younger people to have seizures, toddlers or boys ages you know, 15 to 18 to have these heart issues. There's no proof that all of a the sudden these things beginning to occur at an increased rate while the vaccine in uh, the vaccines are occurring that, you know, there's no proof they're connected, right? And that this is what they, they downplay it all. Yet, again, this past week, we were subjected to the FDA and others involved in spreading the word about a recall, cantaloupes, cantaloupes. If you have these cantaloupes, get them on. If, if it's got this serial number, it's got a tag that looks like this, and the store is pulling them off the shelves, and, and get them out of your home. It's just not worth the risk. Don't do it. You know. And you know how many people have died from the salmonella that is the cause for all of this panic, get rid of them, get them out of your house, get them off the grocery store. Do you know how many deaths there have been attributed to it? Zero. Do you know how many illnesses? Tummy aches? Zero. There has not been one single case of anyone getting sick from it that they know of. Can you imagine if vaccines were treated this way? Why is it that the government, and we, you and I know the end? I lay this out perhaps for those of you who don't understand. Why are people so skeptical of the government? I'm sure these people that work in the CDC and the FDA and, and you know, all of these different departments, I mean, you know, they're in medicine, they're doctors, they're scientists. I mean, surely they have no political motivation. You know what? Strip out any attempt to figure out why they do what they do? Just forget about that. Just look at the behavior itself. And why any time that there is even a hint of potential adverse side effects due to cantaloupe or baby formula it is all hands on deck it is all they send out press releases to all of the news outlets you know post these serial numbers and if you bought it in this date and that date and if it's got this certain sort of sticker get rid of it even when no one has been reported ill but vaccines particularly for people in a category that don't need them We'd be talking about something different if getting COVID without a vaccine meant you were going to die. But we know, particularly now, that many of these categories of individuals that are suffering the side effects of COVID vaccines are not at risk for dying without a vaccine, yet they continue to push it. And when these reports do come out, what do they say? Don't stop what you're doing. Keep taking them. Keep taking those boosters. You don't have to be a conspiracy theory nut. You don't have to think government is nasty and evil to recognize that there is something not right about the same people who sound the alarm when there's some sort of fruit or food that might make you sick, even though it hasn't made anyone sick, but when there's studies that they themselves are involved in that they try to hide the results of oftentimes, and they acknowledge that, yes, there are some severe side effects, uh, but don't stop what you're that the approach is completely different. It doesn't make you... A nut job to recognize that something is going on there and that you should not trust those people. Whatever the reason is, you don't even have, like I said, you don't need to even bother exploring the reasons that their approach is different. You just know you can't trust them. Springfield's Talk 1041, the American Transmissions. Talk and text line is 447 KSGF. Now, the latest news update. From Color 10 and Fox 49, I'm Jesse Inman. The long anticipated Bucky's location in Springfield has announced it will open its doors next month on December 11th. The travel center and gas station says it will open at 6 a.m. with a ribbon cutting scheduled for 11. Bucky's Springfield will occupy 5,300 square feet and offer 120 gas pumps. It's the first Bucky's to open in Missouri. It'll be on Mulroy Road off of I 44 in northeast Springfield. Hunters had a solid start to Missouri's firearms deer season, bagging over 90,000 deer during opening weekend. Hunters in Franklin County got over 2,000 deer, the most of any county in the state, followed by Texas County with 1,800 and Howell County with 1,700 and hunters can donate deer to help hungry families that select meat processors through the Share the Harvest program. From Color 10 News, I'm Jesse Inman. The first alert, forecast from Color 10, Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Sunny 67 for a high today, clear 40 tonight, sunshine 68 tomorrow. We are streaming live, Facebook, 1041 Nick Reed, sponsored by Springfield Raps, who designed the KSGF Studio. is one of many numerous stories out there regarding teachers grooming sex with students and it, it, it i think it's pretty clear that these scenarios are usually female teachers with oftentimes male students sometimes female students now there are more female teachers than male teachers, so that would make sense. Is it is is that ratio consistent? So, in other words, if ninety percent of teachers across this country are female, are ninety percent of the the students and teachers having sexual relations also female? And I I don't know the answer to that. But it is becoming increasingly obvious that this is happening more and more. I am not surprised by this. For years, I have been saying that this was going to become an expanding issue. And it's for a number of reasons. At the latest story here, Pennsylvania middle school counselor allegedly used field trip to start sexually grooming student. <clears throat> there was a story just this last week, uh, here in Missouri, a, a teacher I think just married about a year. Incidentally, and I don't know what play this has in it, but these teachers generally are decent looking and younger. This should not be a surprise for a number of reasons, and one of those reasons is the fact that we, of course, when you you strip morality out of everything, particularly in the schools, and we we don't want to judge people, and you teach students that no one should tell them when it comes to their sexuality what they want to do is wrong, when you... are constantly bombarding them with information about sexuality and wanting to take the, quote, stigma out of it. You can't have it both ways. You can't, on one hand, take young people who are hormonally peaking and talk to them about sex in very graphic ways oftentimes and make sure that they understand that what they want to do, they should do. Nobody, you know, don't feel judged based on what you do. And then when they start reacting and doing those things, they're like, well, well, we've got a real problem here. We just don't understand why this is happening. In addition to that, of course, we have the more friendly and informal nature between teachers and students that many of us grew up with, and some of this is There's a combination of things that have facilitated this. One, the ease in which it is to communicate social media. There is also, in addition to that, this evolution as to what our society has deemed to be the appropriate relationship between adults and kids. And once upon a time, kids were, you know, all adults, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Uh, If you went to a parent's house, you pretty much knew if you misbehaved, they had the right to punish you just like your parents did. And if you got in trouble there, then you were also going to be in trouble when you got home. Uh, Adults recognize themselves as adults, and they recognize kids as kids that needed direction. And over time, we've got even with parents, you know, why my child's best friend? Well, you're doing it wrong then. I don't know if you know this or not, but usually growing up when you're a kid, the things that you did when you got yourself in trouble, the things that you did, the stupid things you did, it was with your best friend because they also didn't have judgment. You know, I, your parent, that's thats a whole different role. So you combine the accepted relationships between adults and kids, the dissolving of the line of, hey, I am an adult and you're a child and that respect for that division, this desire of adults to be cool, to, you know, want to be friends and understanding and not make kids feel judged, not confine them and, and give them direction, let them find their own way with the ease in which it is to communicate privately, not just through words, but pictures and videos throw in a mixture of many of these young you know and attractive teachers that many of which have still even yet to reach their sexual peak with young hormone driven individuals and you have them talk to each other about sexuality and then hey let's throw pornography into the library what the hell do you think is going to happen how naive does a thinking person have to be to believe that that's not going to result in young teachers having sex with students. They, we, we create these environments in which we are doing everything under the sun to set the stage. You ever see there's uh, you know, some sort of, I don't watch rom-coms unless I'm in a position to where I just sort of kind of have to. But I, I, I've seen a storyline or two where you have this, usually it's a girl or it's, a, you know, they're trying to create a scenario. There's two people that they think would be perfect together. And so they're trying to craft a scenario uh, so that they organically and naturally fall for one another. Uh, Little Mermaid. <laughs> you know, the boat ride, and, and uh, the, 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 they're trying to, they, the prince, to, to kiss Ariel. And so it's all about setting the mood, setting the mood without telling them, without telling him, you need to kiss the girl. They set the mood, the lighting, the atmosphere, the music. That's what we're doing in our school districts. We are setting the mood for these things to happen. We are deliberately creating an atmosphere. Outside of buying teachers and students gift certificates to dinner and a liquor store and a hotel, I'm not sure there's much more that we could deliberately do to set the mood for teachers and students don't want to have sex with each other. I mean, really, what more outside of that, outside of just saying, you know what, you can do it. Go for it. Knock yourself out. What If you are trying to, just think of it this way. You are given a task, social experiment. You're given a challenge to create an environment in which an adult is going to have sex with a child. A teacher is going to have sex with a student. But you can't just tell them to do so. You cannot encourage them to go out on a date you just have to create the conditions so that they naturally get them their the, get there themselves. What more would you do beyond what is already being done in the public schools? Can you think of anything? I can't. You've got the removal of inhibitions. You've got the the destigmatizing any sort of moral judgment or component to sexuality. You engage these teachers, these adults with these young people to talk about these things. You fill the libraries with books that have this sort of subject graphically, subject matter in it. What else can you do? I just we just don't understand why this is happening. Don't these individuals understand the repercussions? It, it is we we are doing this, and what is just amazing about it, even in you know small town red cities, sometimes not so red. We have a debate over whether or not we should put more or allow pornography in the libraries. While all of this is going on, these increasing numbers of of predators, these adult teachers having sex with kids, and we're like, you know what we need to do? We need to make sure we get more pornography in the libraries. Well, that's going to work out famously. We don't have quite enough of a problem here. You know, and if you don't support it, of course, you're just like Hitler burning books. Let me just throw another thought at you. What if we were required or we just culturally decided to approach the issue of adult teachers having sex with students, students having sex with adult teachers the same way that we approach gender confusion and transgenderism in schools. What if our approach regarding a, because there's a common theme we see when it comes to these stories about teachers having sex with students, and that is that it was voluntary. Now, of course, we deem it to be not voluntary because we say that the child is a child and not able to make those judgments. Well, let's instead approach it the way we approach kids who think that they're transgender, and that is they know themselves better than anyone else. Who are we to do anything other than encourage them to feel comfortable with who they are. Let's approach a child who is have sending you know, messages and, and having sex with a teacher the same way that we approach kids who think that they're transgender, and that is to not see them as a victim, but old enough and mature enough to understand who they really are and what they really want. After all, how can we claim that a young person does not have the proper judgment to determine whether or not to have sex with an adult, but they do have the judgment to inject themselves with chemicals that can that will, will cause life-altering uh, bodily issues? that they have not the judgment to enter into a consensual relationship because it's not really consensual because they don't have the judgment. But if they want to get a double mastectomy at the age of 14 or 15, that we're supposed to support and encourage because that they have the judgment for. Well, it's different, see, because uh, a teacher is an adult. They groom them for this. They, they're they the ones who bring it up, who talk to them. What do you think is going on in the schools today? All of this proactive, these surveys that are put out, every time a student feels bullied Or feels uncomfortable in their own body, which is something that every human being virtually who goes through puberty feels. That's why we all got separated in fourth or fifth grade into the different classes explaining about our changing bodies and how it can be confusing. And it was all done to let us know you're going to get through this. But instead, they're told, you know, have you ever thought maybe you're actually a boy? Tell me what's more damaging to a young person, an adult convincing that young person to have sex or an adult convincing a young person, if you don't have a sex change, you're going to kill yourself. So what if we started treating young people and students who have sex with teachers the same way we treat young people and students who believe that they're transgender and just trust them? And let's look at the adults in the equation the same way. Instead of looking at a, a teacher who wants to have sex with a young student and is counseling them to get there, instead of seeing them as a groomer or perpetrator, let's look at them as a counselor that's simply helping a young person who's confused get to that place to where they're going to truly be happy and 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 get to that place that their instinct is telling them they want to be. Let's have a little consistency here. Springfield's Talk 1041, i I'm Nick Reed. Baby, Brand new home for Christmas? Why not? All building company. Woodvale subdivision builder incentives, Golden and Weaver. And the brilliance of it. This could be the Christmas uh, gift idea. So th- this is for folks that don't want to buy. You may be this individual, this family. You don't want to buy a home uh, that you're gonna have to do any remodeling in. You've, you've done that. You're past it. That's so exciting in the beginning. You're, oh, I'm gonna do this. Oh, I'm gonna watch this show, and we're gonna do this. And you know, at some point, you're like I don't want to do that any longer. I want blank state s- slate, start from the beginning. And so then here, oh, we got this house, blank slate. Great deal. Yeah, interest rates are high. We can renegotiate that later. And we got builder incentives built into this. And now one showroom floor, Oller Building Company. Merry Christmas. Big bow on the front of the showroom floor. And now you go and you make the house a home. You pick the countertops and the backsplashes and the faucets and the doorknobs and all that stuff that make it yours. Merry Christmas. Oller Building Company. Builder incentives. The Woodvale subdivision, Golden Weaver. Uh, Oller is spelled O-L-L-E-R should you want to follow him on Facebook. I I do want to talk about the, um, a a number of uh, conservative Republicans, House Republicans, not happy at all thus far with Speaker Johnson and continuing resolutions. But I, I want to make a final point regarding what I've been talking about this hour, and it is the, obvious conclusion thus far where we are regarding kids and and having sex with students or you know students having sex with teachers and that we created these atmospheres we have done everything outside of locking them in a closet together to play 7 minutes in heaven stripped morality out of it encouraged the co- graphic conversations between Young, you know, teachers and, and students, uh, this atmosphere of do what you want. You are old enough to make decisions for yourselves. And then um, putting pornography in, in the, the, the libraries and making it accessible and then making it virtuous. Making it seem as if the moral thing to do is to have that literature available. There is a, um, a, a leader article regarding McCoskey, one of the school board members, and, and a, a lot of these issues regarding the sexuality and uh, his perspective on it and, and how there is that moral component to it. And what we see are, are the activists on the left, they want to tie wise decisions that long-term and even in many instances short-term actually benefit children to being synonymous with Christianity or morally uh you know just you're you're buttoned down so that it seems like a bad thing and there's this I don't know if I'll get to it today but I was reading through in the blaze Prominent atheist Ayan Hershey Ali publicly professes her newfound faith. And she, you've probably seen her before. There's a fatwa out on her. She's Dutch-American. She's a women's rights activist, former politician. Uh, and she really gets railed against. And she's a woman of color. Um, but she, she's long been an atheist, and she recently converted to Christianity. And it, it, the reasons that she gives thus far seem to be less what many people would see as the driving force behind Christianity, and that is a personal love and relationship with, with Christ and, and God. But more about the fact that it just makes sense and it makes the world better, that the, the living what is laid out as a Christian life leads to more peace. And so her approach is a logical one. It's it's almost an ideology as opposed to a personal relationship as she describes it. And there is truth to this. I've, and I'm a Christian, so call me biased, but I've long jokingly believed that that when you look at the New Testament in the Bible, while some people are like, oh, we got a bunch of rules, and then you got the Ten Commandments from the old schools, you know, and, and it just seems, uh, and I've thought of it as maybe these are, call them life hacks. Maybe these aren't rules just because God was like, I'm God, so I'm going to make up random rules. But crafted rules that if as human beings we abide by those rules as best as possible, it, overall, life is going to be easier. Doesn't mean bad things aren't going to happen. Bad things do happen to good people. But if you and, and others in your community strive to not lie, to honor one another, to treat one another as you would other, to not steal, to not rape, to not murder. That collectively, people doing as best as possible to take that approach, that your life's going to be easier. Even some of these fuddy-duddy things like, wait until you're married to have sex. Oh yeah, maybe that's not as nearly as much fun, not as much fun as dropping out of school at the age of 15 or 16 because you have a baby and guess what? The guy's nowhere to be found. You know, it's a a lot less fun than, you know, having to, uh, hope that the government gives you some sort of subsidy for daycare so you can go to your job because once again, you, you know, the father's out of the picture. There is such an anti-Christian bias that there is this instinct to reject every teaching that is connected to Christianity or even any just the basic morality, even though it actually, aside from the religious component to it, makes on the whole life better for the individual that decides to live it out. If these people would kick their anti-Christian bias to the curb and just look at the realities of what leads to a better quality of life for people when it comes to behavior, and instead of in the context of sexuality, do whatever you want, don't let anyone judge you, have your boobs lobbed off at the age of 14, have sex with anyone you want. Oh and by the way you're a hero if you are you know pregnant at the age of 15 you're just wonderful you're brave you know if instead of taking that approach ignored your christian bias and didn't even see it as a rule that those christians have but something that if abided by generally speaking Is going to lead to a better quality of life for the person now of course there are always exceptions and it doesn't mean that a person who does not abide by those rules if you want to call them that uh you know is a bad person but i'm just talking about cause and effect just talking about results lord knows lord does know i like everyone listening has to some degree made decisions outside of those little helpful hints on how to make life better. And oftentimes, didn't work out so well. You found that there was something you had to deal with that was disruptive in an otherwise less disruptive life. And frankly, and I think that these things are connected, it's not a coincidence. People who strive towards that or in that direction are happier in ways that really matter, meaningful. They're not looking to fill a void, they're not constantly feeling empty and trying to find something that gives them a sense of meaning, which oftentimes leads to, again, pathways that diminish the quality of life. And it's just so sad. It, 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 Some of it is anti-Christian, but I do believe some of it is this instinct people have of, well, you're not going to tell me what to do. And so therefore, I'm going to let you tell me what to do by doing the exact opposite. That's always the irony of people that, you know, they claim, I'm not going to let people tell me what to do. So they do the opposite, which is allowing that person to dictate what you do, because you're doing deliberately the opposite of what they suggested you should do. Incidentally, there have been numerous books written on this. There have been numerous studies that have done on this. That in order to have the greatest likelihood of a successful self-sustaining life, there are an order to things. You get educated. You graduate. You get a job. You get married. Then you have children. People who do that. generally speaking, have a much higher, better quality of life than people who get that all out of order. And you can hate that because you think that, well, that's just Christian talk or that's right wing talk. All right. But you're really going to deny yourself. And furthermore, and even worse in our public schools, deny kids that education about what we know leads to a higher quality and more successful life, simply because Christians and right-wingers also recognize it, really? Sad. Springfield's Talk One i I'm Nick Reed. Hey, everyone, it's Sarah Myers.
1: Thank you. Well, the holiday season is coming up. If you are planning on traveling, especially if you are planning on getting a short-term rental vehicle, I recommend Avis, the car rental company. And right now is the best time to go ahead and secure that short-term rental while they still have vehicles available. And while you're there uh, doing the short-term rental, I recommend that you take a look at their long-term rental program as well. Now, the long-term rental program, it was created to Bridge that gap between buying a vehicle and leasing a vehicle. It's a really good opportunity if you are looking to purchase a vehicle in the near future, but you want to make sure that you are making the right choice before you actually make that commitment. But it's also really good if you're a person who likes to lease your vehicles or you are a business owner that is looking to expand your fleet of vehicles. The best part about the long-term rental program is you don't have to worry about vehicle maintenance costs. And if you get into a vehicle that you realize you know, it's just not working out for me. I need more space or I need more or even less bells and whistles. You can swap out vehicles every couple of months if you wish to do so. Now, you can find more information on the long-term rental program and, of course, you can get that short-term rental program as well when you visit the Avis store. It's located off of Fort and Sunshine here in Springfield. Speak to Lauren. And, of course, you can find all of their contact information under the Sarah's Endorsements tab at ksgf.com.
0: right, we've got Uh, some great escape announcements or i guess one couple make i don't know let's just take a moment to talk about great escape our original allotment we sold out of and in the past we have really been um, tight on on that we've we've just been pretty nailed down this is what's available and largely that is because of the the seats on the plane. It's not the resort itself. There may be additional rooms available with the resort, but a plane has so many seats and and so be it. And we sold out as we always do. And then Cam, you know, she said, I think that there may be some seats left available on the plane. Do you want me to go ahead and see if we can get the same pricing for the junior suites at the all-inclusive resort? And, and, and if so, add them. I said, yeah, let's go ahead and do it and uh, because I, I think we were at what originally 70 is that what we were doing yeah, that 70, sounds right. yeah and so we gonna you know, and i i and i told her i said you know we've done i think 86 or somewhere around there and i've never wanted to do a group too big because i've wanted there to be a level of intimacy where it doesn't just feel like this massive group of people that you're lost in that that um you know if uh, y- you just, you're just going to feel like we're all together, if, if you want to. A lot of people you know don't. They take the trip. We don't see them until the bus ride home or to the airport. Um, so she was able to add, and I mentioned it one day, uh, a few rooms, and all but just a couple of those have gone. And so I thought I'd go ahead and, and throw it out there in case you happen to be one of the individuals that heard us talk about being sold out or you figured based off of the past – timelines, well, it's been a couple of weeks, three weeks, however long, so clearly they're sold out, that there are a couple of last-minute possibilities for you. There are three junior suites, and in, in fact, one is a junior suite poolside, and the other, there's two junior suite swim-ups. Now, the difference here, and this is a matter of preference, poolside is you're, 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 you can see a pool. It's It's close to you. And by see it, I don't mean, oh, it's, uh, you know, half a mile down the way. Uh, it is, it's very, very close by. Um, swim up, the pool comes up to your back patio. You, you, you get out and you're on your back patio. Now, my wife and I, we like that. We, we enjoy that. Some people don't because they just don't like people the pool right there and it sharing it with other people. So it's just a matter of, of preference. Cuz that's how you are, right? You like yeah. the you like the pool side as opposed to the swim up. Yeah,
1: and I like to be on like the second or third floor so okay. I can get a good right. like just kind of overview. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah and we, we like the we we just like the swim up. So the swim up is an additional cost. Um and uh, Cam can get you all those details. Uh, but this is something that is sort of, like I said, a last minute offering that there are the two junior suite swim ups. And then there's one pool side. If you want to go ahead and reserve your slot, it is April Is it 10th or 13th. It's in April of next year. I forget the dates already. Um, April 13th through 20th. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Uh, also, I guess, or have we posted in our private, great escape 2024 group the catamaran info and stuff is that or
1: i have not got that up yet okay but But i I will see that email yes i did i did go ahead and update all of our previous great escape attendees in our in our facebook groups that we do have those rooms available so
0: one of the things that we do and it organically came about several years ago, thanks to some listeners who went and booked a catamaran, snorkeling, rum punch cruise deal one day, and, and then other listeners joined. And it got to the point where the, the company told Cam, hey, you know, we've got a number of people that have reserved this. They're all from your group. If you get this many more, we'll make it a private event. And we did so. And everyone had such a good time that it's just something now that we pre-book. And there is that uh, availability. I want to say it's like 95 bucks. I, I think that's what the cost was, if I remember I'm right. I'm pretty sure it is. It's, yeah, somewhere around there. I hope it's the same one that we took last time we were at this resort in the Dominican Republic because it was one of my favorites. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and it, it's just a great deal, great way to get out on the ocean, to get in the water, to do a little snorkeling if you want, and just, just to have a great time. So that's a thing that if you are going, uh, you will, we'll soon have that information available. Don't worry, you're not going to miss out on it. You can get signed up for that. And then there's an additional, like a cabaret night or something I saw Oh yeah, As we well. did
1: something similar okay. when we were in uh, Mexico, I believe mm-hmm. that that resort that was like brand new, like I think it was okay, like two right. or three years yeah. ago, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. or four or five, or however. I, I lose <laughs> yeah. total track.
1: I know. I'm like, oh yeah, it was like four years ago. It's probably like eight. Mm-hmm.
0: So that's the eight. latest information on that. If you are interested in grabbing one of those last minute additional rooms, one poolside junior suites, I should say, and uh, and two swim ups. Um, you can get a hold of cam and she'll get you all set up we'll have her info do we still have it on the rotating slider at ksgf.com yeah. do we still have that okay so if you go to ksgf.com and then in the front uh, you'll see usually it's some contesting thing pop up and you can click on the right the arrow off to the right side and it'll rotate through a little faster for you and on the great escape click on it you can get all your information there I'm Just the News has a story. House conservatives slamming continuing resolution for not cutting spending, no Republican campaign on the status quo. Quote, campaign on the status quo. Davidson says House Speaker Johnson's proposed CR is worse than Biden and McCarthy's debt ceiling deal. Quote, no one campaigned on sustaining the spending levels or policies that have been implemented by Biden, Schumer and Pelosi. And that's what this does until January and February. But it really does worse. This is Representative Warren Davidson of Ohio. I want to talk about uh, this and in, and. In, The real problem that the Republican Party has with these, at best, anemic election results that we have seen out of the last couple of election cycles. I swear, if Trump weren't around, I don't know who they would blame. I mean, really. It's pretty funny. We notice and recognize that. Biden and the Democrats blame Trump for everything that goes wrong. And there's a lot of that. There's not a whole lot that goes right uh, under the Biden administration that they can, I mean, you think about how absurd that is. The one thing they've tried to, to, to take credit for is Bidenomics, which is horrible. So even the one thing that they've tried to tout as a success is such an abysmal failure. They've realize that they've been tanking themselves on that so everything that's going right it's Trump's fault so you know the border is still Trump's fault the economy you know we, we heard this over the weekend from one of the Biden campaign folks that the brick walls in the MAGA extremism are stopping Biden from being able to fix the economy it's Trump's fault Trump's fault Trump's fault and if you listen to the Republican establishment when it comes to their failures at the ballot box They give us the same crap that the Democrats give us when it comes to their their failures policy-wise. It's Trump's fault. I don't know if anyone has pointed that out to the Republican establishment at this point, that they're simply using the recycled talking points of the Democrats when it comes to rationalizing their own failures, and that is blaming on Trump. And I do wonder if Trump were not in the equation, who would they blame it? Now, they would, of course, claim, well, we wouldn't have these problems. All that in the next hour.